Let's let that come in. I don't want that to be the intro. Yeah. So <laughs> just like a, the banter before. Yeah, except the banter before in this instance is you clearing your throat of a nasty wad of snot. Nothing wrong with that. Some would say there are there are a lot of things wrong ASMR, with that. people like that stuff. Yeah, that's not See, this ASMR. is good banter that we should put at the top of the show. Yo, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host Nathan. Uh, this is episode 19. We've been doing this shit for 19 weeks and you guys are still listening, so thanks. We've been doing this for 18 weeks because we did two episodes the first week. Okay, true. There you go. We've so, been doing it for 18 weeks. Slow down. Okay, fair enough. Um, the premise of the show is quite simple. We listen to punk, hardcore, and punk and hardcore adjacent music that people send us, and then we give our honest reaction to it. That's all there is to it. We're not critics. It's not a review show in a traditional sense. We're not making any sort of sweeping value judgments about the music that we hear. We're just giving our honest reaction to it. We like punk and hardcore. We listen to it. We talked about it anyway, so we figured we'd just put a couple mics in front of us. Um, I'm getting a little bit sick. So if my voice is a little gruff or I have to do any sort of throat clearing, I'll try to do it off mic. And I meticulously edit these episodes afterwards uh, anyway, so hopefully it won't be too terrible. But, you know, just and as I, a heads up. I am a large mutoid man that's yeah. always clearing things from himself. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. Um, there it goes. <sighs> great. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and try to dip the sound out in that when, when, uh, when editing. But uh, I'm very used to it by now, so that's okay. So the format of the show is that we put 10 bands in the queue every week. Uh, sometimes it's returning bands, but we usually get a few new bands too. Uh, we usually get through about five or six bands each week. We roll the dice and just kind of see what uh, what fate brings up. So on that note, unless we have any sort of ranting to get out of the way up top. I do have a couple points of order. Oh, great. Okay, can't wait. First, uh-huh. uh, check out the band Pressure Packed. Okay. Netherlands, they're from the Netherlands, hardcore, ripping stuff. Uh, if you like 86 mentality, if you like negative approach, if you like anything on the quality control okay. uh, line, then Boston Strangler. Right. Mm, pressure packed is about as good as it gets. I just, they've been around for a couple of years and mm-hmm. I just discovered them like last night. I, I have not heard that. So. Ordered, ordered the record immediately. Damn. Okay. Dope. Even paid a hefty $32 for it. Wow. Because it's coming out of the Netherlands. Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, and also check out the somehow I, I, I kept seeing this in the toxic uh, state uh, website, uh, but I slept on it. I just didn't really check it out. But you should check out Dollhouse from New York too. You were listening to that when I came in. It sounded it awesome. Very good. Yeah, I've I've seen that name thrown around a bunch, and I just have never listened to it for whatever reason. But what I heard when I came into your house sounded dope. So yeah, it's really good. Cool. Second point of order. Well, that would be the third, right? No, I was the first one. I wanted to fir- check out a couple bands. Oh, okay. They're cool. good. All right. Second point of order. I believe you owe me an apology. Oh, I do. Do you remember what we were talking about last night? Oh, about the Angelina Jolie's thing? We were talking thing? about Angelina Jolie's bilateral mastectomy. Uh-huh. And you said that that wasn't real. And I said it certainly was. Mm-hmm. And I proved it to you. Yeah, you sent an email. That's right. Um, now, I would just like to add some context for the listening audience. Nate lies about fucking everything. You cannot believe anything that he says if he just texts you something or says a heavy quotes around this fact offhandedly. Because... I would say 80% of the time, it's a complete fucking fabrication. Ah, uh, no way. Yeah, no yeah. way. It's yeah. mostly true. <laughs> Once in a while, I throw a little screw, a little curveball in there to screw with people, but no. it's almost always true. No, this is this is a this is a boy who cried wolf scenario where every time you tell me that someone's died or somebody's undergone some sort of medical procedure, I immediately have to look it up. And you, I think, at this point, get at this point, it doesn't actually matter to you whether it's true or not. It's equally amusing because I think the amusement is is actually garnered from me immediately going to my phone to look up whether or not this thing is is true. 
or false because you've bred in me such a deep sense of distrust in you and the things that you say that I can't take anything you say at face value. Well, it's true. That's it. Yes, you're she right. She had a prophylactic bilateral mastectomy. Yep. And her father, John Voigt, is a real MAGA head. <laughs> yep. That's... And he has her boobs in a jar at oh, home. That part I don't... He has them preserved. <laughs> See, I, I'm not going to look that up on air, but said, I don't he believe said, that. I won't, I won't get to, to his daughter. He said, I won't get to keep your body when you've died, but <laughs> let me keep these at least. <laughs> That's untrue. That is untrue. I'm just going to say right now. I might have to send you another email. You might. Yeah, you, you, you will have to send me another email if you want me to believe that that's true because I'm not going to give you the pleasure of looking it up on air. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> any, other, any other points of order? I think that's it. Okay, well, I'm sorry for not believing you, but on the same token, I think it's fair that I don't believe anything you say, especially about Angelina Jolie having her breasts lopped off. Why would that not be a real thing? <laughs> well, because because you said it. That's the <laughs> it's only reason. It's not like reason. they were lopped off by a fucking samurai. No, but it's but... like they were they were carefully removed by a trained surgeon. <laughs> yes, that's true. But the point is that you're the one saying they weren't sawn off, <laughs> lopped off, blasted off, <laughs> shot off, or chopped off. They were surgically removed. <laughs> that's in true. A technical procedure, right? Which is entirely reasonable, and I would have believed if anybody had said it except for you. Mm-hmm. So on that note, let's go ahead and get through, uh, get through the queue this week and see okay. what we got. We got some new ones, and we got some returning ones from last week. So first up, we have Persistent Aggressor with their uh, release of the same name. Um, this comes to us from a member of the band named Larry Gargas, who is on vocals. You wanted me to mention his name, Nate, because you are convinced that's not a real I name. I don't think that's a real name. It sounds like Steve Brule trying to pronounce somebody's name. Yeah, yeah, where it sounds like a yeah, it sounds like and, a Tim and Eric name. And if it is a real name, congratulations, Larry, because you have definitely won the name award. Right, yeah, that's really good. He said it was he said it's metal. Um, when he emailed us, he kind of said, you know, uh, a, a little, a, a little rasin can't hurt anybody. So he came, he came to us with the correct attitude. Okay. The description: taking cues from Slayer, Black Flag, Motorhead, Discharge, Negative Approach, Napalm Death, Celtic Frost, Cro-Mags. So yeah. taking, taking, taking cues from, from music, metal, from music. <laughs> taking cues here's the from thing, music. though: if he's taking cues from those, unless you really fuck it up, uh-huh. what's not the like? Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's kind of my thought. Right? I guess we'll find out if we get to it. Yeah. Indeed. Um, you're a, you're a throat clear machine today. I told you. <laughs> I'm gonna have my. I'm really gonna have my work cut out for me in post. See, that's where the Patreon money eventually needs to go. If we if we ever get to the, the point medical where, treatments to get rid of our constant <laughs> phlegm production. Well, that perhaps, but I was gonna say no. But, you know, if we're if we're ever bringing in a thousand bucks a month or something on Patreon, just hire a producer to to, to edit these. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Just give hey, here's a hundred bucks. Just do take just, a couple hours do to this. do this episode. So next up, we have Uzi, which is a returning band uh, from Bogota, Colombia. My friend T- uh, TJ sent this in, hardcore band from Bogota. I hope we get to it this time because uh, it looks really fucking cool. Um, then we have got Endorphins Lost with their release Seclusions. Our homie Adam Walker just sent this in to us. Uh, I guess he used to play guitar in this band. He no longer does, but he said his homies do. Um, if Adam was in it, I imagine it's probably good. Then we have got Anthropophagus with Spoiled Marrow Demo. This is from uh, the Tortured Skull crew. I'm not sure who all from Tortured Skull is in this band, but I know at least Shane from Tortured Skull is in this. So he sent that over to us. Um, You know, if it's it's from that crew, then I expect it to be pretty good. Um, Then we have got Crypt Seeker with Nocturnal Ignitions. This is my homie Dustin's band from Cincinnati, three-piece band. Um, This just came out last month. He, uh, he sent it over to me and, and 
told me to feel free to roast it, but everything that Dustin's ever done I really like, so I don't imagine that we will be needing to roast it. Then we have got Rays with On High and Green Tomorrows. This is a Toronto, Ontario uh, hardcore band. My homie Jordan plays in this band. Uh, I've not heard this stuff. Uh, he sent it over to me when it came out a couple months ago, and just for whatever reason, I forgot to throw it in the queue. I get a lot of submissions, and it's hard for me to keep shit straight when it doesn't come to the email, too. So keep in mind, if you want to send us something, the best way to ensure that it actually gets on the show, send it to demolistenpodcast at gmail.com, because if you text me or message me and say, hey, will you put this in the queue? I will undoubtedly tell you yes, and I will mean it, but I will also forget because we get a bunch of email submissions too, and I just have a shit ton of stuff going on. So that's the best way to ensure that it gets on the show. Then we have Dare with Welcome to the OC. Dare are an Orange County hardcore band. Uh, my friend Aaron plays in this band. Aaron used to be in Social Damage, used to be in Picked Clean. Um, he played in Drug Control. This is a brand new release, came out on December 3rd. I really liked their self-titled release from last year, so I expect to enjoy this too. Then we have got Aggress with Malignant Cutting. Um, this was sent to me by presumably, I think, the person who does it, um, described as black metal-infused power electronics. Um, so if this is racist, it's not our fault. Um, who knows? Who, who knows, yes. Right. right. Who can tell what the uh, racial tones are of power electronics? <laughs> well, the thing is, power electronics is, is like a is definitely a genre that is permeated by weird sketchy people yeah, which is weird it's weird right it's like a weird place for the, the for that type of right ideological like bent to just i don't i just i don't get it why why power electronics because they hang out in their basement and right because they, 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 they sure. feast on internet memes all day sure and also like i guess you can do it by yourself right and like nobody wants to be around right. a bunch of shitty fucking yeah, right wing it's, it's, it's for shitty fucking crybabies now right. i'm not saying this gets a shitty cry no baby. no who knows? But I'm just saying the the phrase "black metal infused power electronics." Right. It, it just it does it raise feels a ra- flags. It feels racist. Right. So we'll see. I guess we'll we'll probably have no way of knowing. Um, then we have got Blowhard with the demo 19. This is another return. It's a California hardcore band, new, just released this in at the end of October. Like I said on previous episodes, described as not self serious hardcore punk. I hope you get around to it because the first na- the name of the first song on the demo is Jesus Was a Hooded Mosher, which I really like. And Jesus is on the cover, a very shitty illustration of, of Jesus. And then last, we've got Louisiana Lot Lizards, with, which is another return from last week. Uh, Indiana band who plays sort of chaotic, metal core post-hardcore um, that is not really in my lane from what I've seen live, but uh, is incredibly good live so i i can't speak to uh what i'm gonna think of the recordings but uh you know shout out for at least being very good at your instruments and putting on a good show that i can give to you based on uh on your live performance alone so on that note let's go ahead and roll the dice and see what's up first all right eight okay eight is uh the sketch is the potentially sketchy thing it's aggress with malignant cutting the band camp is aggress cult dot bandcamp.com that's aggress a-g-g-r-e-s-s cult um looks like it's just one track three minutes and 56 seconds okay of black metal infused power electronics okay i hate noise music by and large well let's let's just get into it yeah let's let's save the uh aspersions Uh if they are merited for after I agree. I'm just saying this is four minutes. 
So well, I mean, it's the only one. It's all we got to work with. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All and right. He won. He won the roll off. He did. He did win the roll off. All right. So we are going to listen to Malignant Cutting by Aggress and uh, see how it goes.
right, we just heard the song Malignant Cutting by Aggress. And uh, Nate, why don't you go ahead and lead, a, lead, lead with this one? I don't mind that. Yeah. I got to be in a certain mood to, to, to hear stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find a lot of black metal that is, I guess, like monotonic, mm-hmm. if that's a real word. Um, Monot- just monotonous, you know monotonous, what I mean? But, but yeah. not, not monotonous, but just like monotone in monotone in delivery, right? Sure, right? Yeah, uh, I find a lot of the, a lot of that stuff boring as hell, right? Um, for instance, I hate Burzum, right? Burzum's boring as shit. I love Burzum, right? And all Burzum inspired black metal bands are boring as shit. Yes, yeah, the yeah, only I reason that, that Burzum isn't boring is because the guy that was, you know, fucking uh, what's his nuts? What Varg? Yeah, Varg uh-huh. is a fucking you know maniac and burns churches. Right. Yeah. Or burn churches. That's the only cool thing about Burzum. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. The, musically, it's fucking boring as shit. I love but it. But that's okay because it was intended to be obtuse and boring as shit. <laughs> right. It was intended. <laughs> it, its intent was to turn people off. Sure. Yes. All the, all those fucking early black metal right, bands I, are I supposed agree to turn that. people off. They're anti-music. Right. Right. I don't give a shit. Burzum sucks. Fuck them. <laughs> right. Incorrect. The guy, the guy okay. believes in Lord of the Rings, right? <laughs> yeah, Varg is a huge fucking Jesus dork. Christ, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, but good on you. you. You you caused a little bit of a ruckus, right? Um, that that aside, uh-huh. um, I thought this was okay. This is background music to me. Sure, I would put this on if I'm focused on something else. Right, right, right. Put me in a mood. Mm-hmm. Right. This is not something that I actually pay attention to. Right. If I really want to pay attention to black metal, I'm gonna play pay attention to like stuff that absolutely fucking rips right. i'm gonna listen to like i don't know funeral mist right or death spell sure uh, i've already said you know ross bay stuff mm-hmm. ross bay inspired blasphemy inspired black metal is my favorite kind right i like this stuff that is a lot thrasher and a lot more raging i don't really like the seven minute soliloquies of just like one or two riffs and right. like you know hissing steam <laughs> vocals behind everything uh-huh. but that's it i didn't mind this mm-hmm. it uh didn't necessarily hold my interest I wasn't like waiting to see what was coming next. Right. But uh, it was enough that like I was like, all right, not bad. While I, you know, paid attention to something else. Sure. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it too, honestly. Um, I, I liked this a lot more than I expected to. It was way heavier on the black metal than it was on the power electronics. I would yeah. say I would say it's more, if anything, power electronics infused black metal as opposed right. to the other way around. Right. Um, which is was a pleasant surprise. I for one fucking love Burzum. And all of I, I like all of that fucking suicidal depressive black metal shit, even the corniest of it. I like in autumn for crippled children. I like cold world. I like all that stuff a lot. Um, so I am more likely to dig stuff that falls into this lane. This still for me kind of did fall into the category of background music just because there wasn't a lot going on with it sonically. Um, it was pretty samey. For me, you know, a record like uh, Philosophum by Burzum. As droney as it is, there are riffs in there that get stuck in your head that are catchy. There's songwriting there. Whereas for this, like the intent seemed specifically designed to just drone. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that. It, was, it was just to create an atmosphere. Right, exactly. And to I that, like... To, oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I do like atmospheric black metal from time to time, but this was just kind of all atmosphere and no riffs. So it was completely inoffensive to me. I didn't find anything to hate about that, but I wouldn't willingly put it on. You know? No, it's it's something that you would. It, it's something that I would put on mm-hmm. and turn down the sound on like a video game I was playing. Sure. Yeah. Maybe. Right. Um, also, so this is not to not to to diss the person who's doing this by any stretch of the imagination, but it just kind of ties into a thing that I was thinking about actually on my own last night. I was listening to. I was listening to Blitz and Foreskins and a bunch of Oi and stuff, and 
I was thinking to myself that it's about time that we get a wave of like oi bands or oi inspired bands without the cosplay element yeah. because I love oi and I've wanted to do an oi inspired yeah. project We've for a long time about it for a long time but I don't want to dress up every time and that was our major complaint about it like right. you can't you can't act it right. you can have a certain sound but you can't act it right and by and large I think it's we've agreed it's basically impossible to be an actual skinhead in this, these days. This it's day it's very tough, right? And so and and frankly, I have no interest in doing that cosplay as an almost right. thirty year old. They got man. the best fucking look. They got the best look, and I and I certainly will incorporate elements in, uh, of that into my look from time to time because it's a nice clean look. But like, it would be nice to have a wave of bands that did that without. Being like, we got to dress up, we got to be working class pride, we got to write songs about the boys, but had the sonic elements of oi. Right. In a similar sense, but it, but it, but that was kind of my point, like that you can't. It's these two things. It's hard to divorce one from the other. It right. seems, and people can't seem to just create music infu- infused with an oi sound without the costume. So this kind of music is kind of similar. And the dude that is making this is kind of an exa- a perfect example of that because I'm familiar with the dude because he's originally from Indiana, and I saw him at shows back in the day down in Indianapolis and stuff. And less than a decade ago, which a decade is a long fucking time, but, you know, six, seven years ago, dude was just kind of like a skinny jeans metalcore guy sure. going to shows, which is fine. No shade, you know what I'm saying? But now he's like a pencil-thin mustache, shaved head, wearing, like, stacked, like, goth, Mall goth boots. That's weird. I didn't know that John Waters' mustaches were a goth thing now. I think they've always been kind of a goth thing. Huh. Um, but regardless, you know, he's like fully cosplaying the part of this, right? Like very a very dark boy now. And which is just weird because he's like a grown-ass man. And again, no diss. Like, do your thing. If that's how you feel comfortable, that's fucking great. I own a shit ton of clothes. I'm a fucking... You know, I'm a dumbass. No biggie. But it's weird that there are these genres where, like, cosplay seems to be just part and parcel of making the music. And it really annoys me, man. Like, just make the music. Like, I play in a black metal band. I sing for a black metal band. I don't, like, bust out my best black metal shirt when we're playing a show. I just go to the show wearing what I was right. already fucking wearing. I, I, find, I find that that particular aesthetic, too, that that look mm-hmm. know a bunch of people in various black metal bands know a bunch of people that like especially like 10 years ago right really like tried to have a certain look about them sure where they would have you know a black denim jacket with the newest most obscure fucking black metal you know back patch on or something like that right it's all an extremely tidy manicured look right meant to look sort of disheveled and sort of like some sort of like i guess uh tattered dream from beyond the realms of consciousness <laughs> right right yeah but it was way too manicured and it was way too fucking hard and tight to pull off right i find that tiresome yeah yeah just relax for sure yeah. you know what i mean yeah, just chill and out, I, also man. i say that because they don't make clothes like that that fit me sure you know what i mean right they just don't sure and uh you know you'd find you know like blue jeans uh-huh. the only blue jeans the only jeans that fit me are the like construction style jeans right right that's it Fat guys should not wear any sort of like straight leg or form fitting jeans. You look like fucking lollipops. <laughs> right? Especially if they're like halfway down your fucking ass because that's where they're going to fucking end up. Right. Right? Yeah. Knock it off. 
right? The only people that can pull it off are skinny people that those clothes fit normally on, uh-huh. right? Right. And it's the same thing with like that really, you know, the the look, the the black metal look. Right. It's re- it's really tiresome. Mm-hmm. It's way too manicured. And if you're a bigger guy, don't even bother fucking trying. Right. You look like a clown. <laughs> like you already look like a clown. Like let's be frank. Uh-huh. Right. By and large, black metal is for fucking weaklings. Sure, yeah. Right? I right. mean, all of, everything's for fucking weaklings. But, like, by and large, it's for right. fucking weaklings. Like, yeah. I'm yes. sorry. Yes. If you can fit your fucking legs in jeans, in, in, like, in pants that are, like, I don't know, 13 inches in fucking circumference, <laughs> right? you're a fucking weakling. <laughs> yeah. Right? Fair My enough. goddamn forearm is 14 inches around. It's not even fitting in your fucking legs, in, in your fucking pants. Right. Right? Uh-huh. So the look is tiresome. The look is for weaklings. Right. And uh, stop doing it. That's yeah. my, that's it. I, I will say the, a black metal look that I can that I can vibe with, because it typically re- represents a black metal dude that I can vibe with more. Maybe not politically, but at least in, in um, general, just like socializing and whatnot, because we have some homies that are like sure. this, is the... Uh, the paramilitary black metal. Oh yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? Uh, look, look at the fucking pictures of blasphemy. Right, exactly. That's how you. Sh- and those dudes are not fucking. <laughs> they are not weaklings. Like maybe some of them are now. Sure, but mm, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of rumors out there about the dudes from blasphemy. <laughs> yeah, don't know because they apparently will never play the states. They can't get legal permission to come here. Is what that's unsurprising. I've heard. Yeah. Um, I've heard rumors like they, they fucking work for the Russian mob. <laughs> right, Like yeah. Caller of the Storms is an enforcer for the Russian mob. I hope. One of my favorite stories about um, Caller of the Storms, one of the only stories I've heard about Caller of the Storms, mm-hmm. is that he knocked out K.K. Warslut from Destroyer 666 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. after Homeboy uh, threw some uh, racial uh, denigrations his way. Yeah, yep. And... Um, well, you got to be fucking stupid, because if you look at Call of the Storms, you know he's not fucking around. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah, so we, we have some homies that are that fall into that category, that are genuine outlaws. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and they live life on their own fucking terms. Right. And uh, absolute much respect to that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. 100%. Um, so yeah, so if you're, uh, you're going to go for a black metal look, don't go for the fucking dweeby, fucking drain pipe jeans and fucking corpse paint bullshit. Stop being a fucking weakling. Get some BDUs. Get some fucking Vietnam issue boots. Get you know your what I body mean? physically strong and there, ready to fucking go. act in the name of Satan. Right, exactly. Get an arsenal. With the coming Christo-fascist wave. Right, exactly. Because it's coming, baby. Oh, you better believe that I am dipping my fucking bullets in goat's blood. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Of a goat that I myself have slaughtered in the backyard. <laughs> I got no problem with that. <laughs> well, even as a vegan, when it comes down to it, if I'm out here murdering Christians, I'm going to do what I got to do. Mm. You know? Send those fuckers straight to hell. <laughs> On that note, let's roll the dice and see what's up next. Five. Okay. I think that was one of our longest digressions <laughs> maybe ever. Uh, there was one we... Who the fuck did we land up not too long ago that we went on for fucking ever? I can't remember. I can't remember. We really went on for a long time. Yeah. We, we're not, we weren't laying into aggress. Like I said, like no, no. it. Yeah, it was fine. It's background music. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so number five is Crypt Seeker. It is cryptseeker.bandcamp.com. The record is Nocturnal Ignitions. The art looks awesome. Uh, it's proper metal art. They're from Cincinnati. Like I said, my friend Dustin plays in this band. It looks Dustin. like an early death logo or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. yeah, Dustin has played in a bunch of rad bands. 
Um, so ideally, I won't have to hate on this because he's my guy. I love everything that he does. I don't have any reason to believe I wouldn't love this, especially with the aesthetic. Uh, Crypt Seeker's a dope name. Let's see. This is a nine-track record. As a rule on metal records, skipping the first song is kind of a good idea just because you never know you if you're going to open up with like a fucking sound and that, bite that, and that shit. That song, like 321, yeah. it's almost the longest song on there. Almost, yeah. The one right in the middle, five deluges, yeah. 401. Do you just want to go straight into the second song? Sure, Torrential Ecstasy, because a lot of times they'll do that. They'll transition into like a ripping second song. Right, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what I was going to say. All right, cool. So we're going to listen to Torrential Ecstasy by Crypt Seeker off of their record Nocturnal Ignitions. We just heard the song Torrential Ecstasy by Crypt Seeker off of their record Nocturnal Ignitions. Uh, out of stuff that sounds like that, that's a solid three out of five. Mm-hmm. That's fun while it lasts. Mm-hmm. Love to see them live. Mm-hmm. But uh, when they cease to exist, it's not like I'm pulling the record out. Sure. Um, obvious what influences you're pulling from. I mean, right, right off the top, I hear, we, you know, you mentioned it. it seems to be the new wave of stuff. But like you're hearing, I hear early Celtic Frost. Right. You know, early Slayer, like sure. like Haunting the Chapel era Slayer. Right, right, right. Um, I hear uh, Motorhead, obviously. Sure, Venom. 
rocking, you know, Venom. Right. You're rocking early metal. Yep. Right. It's fair. It's fine for what it does. Yeah. I think it suffers from a recording. I could. I, the recording seemed a bit. I don't know. Dull. Yeah, it was a little sterile. You know. Yep. I think that I think that the recording could have been picked up. You know, a different recording maybe mm-hmm. would have captured things a little better. I agree. Whose fault is that? Who knows? Who cares? You know what sure. I mean? A lot yeah. of times it's just you. You get what you get. Right. Right. And uh, I think that song could have been like picked up a step. Like, mm-hmm. just there was something in it that was a little lethargic. Sure. Even even like the the ending part where they went out was a little lethargic. Right. So I think Dustin is playing drums in this band, if I'm correct. Uh, and Dustin, like me, can play drums, but is not a drummer. Ah. And so we're we're on a similar level of, of expertise with drums, where it's like, yo, we can play drums in a band, for sure. Um, I think that this is maybe like just at the upper limits of his skill level. Sure. Which is fine, but I think it kind of ties back into what you said about the recording, which is that the recording itself was a bit sterile, and if there were a level of expertise here where everything was delivered with the utmost precision, this recording maybe would have come off a little bit better. Right. But as it stands, there were some holes in the drumming and some moments where the song kind of lagged a little bit that were highlighted by the fact that the recording was very clean and very sterile. Whereas if this had been a blown-out four-track recording, totally it would have been totally at, right. in, in its in the correct place. Right. You know what I mean? It would have right. sounded at home there. It would have been fine. Um, so I think that that recording maybe highlighted some of their, uh, some of the more amateurish performance elements, which I don't have any actual issue with amateurism in this sort of stuff. I think sometimes it can be very endearing, actually. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I think maybe the, the performance itself and the song and the recording were a little bit incongruent. As you said, as far as stuff like this goes, it's a little bit middle of the road for me, uh, especially with all of the bands that we've been bombarded with over the last couple episodes right. that have been doing this really, really well. Right. Nothing wrong with this at all. It was perfectly good. Like you said, it would be a lot of fun to see live. Um, unless they get markedly better between now and the next release, if there is one, I'm not going to lament when they disband. Right. Um, but I would happily go watch if they were in town. I'd happily go watch sure. watch them play it down at the rail or book them at my house or whatever. Sure. Nothing wrong with it at all. It's a style that I like very much. So um, you got to fuck it up pretty bad for me to straight up hate it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And 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 to the point of like playing to the, to the extent of one's abilities, mm-hmm. you know. And amateurism. I mean, some some of the most ripping stuff because that's that's where the fervor comes through. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean. If you'd have picked that up just a step further, right, where you're barely keeping up, whether right. it's on guitar or drums or something like that. Mm-hmm. If you listen to like early Sarcophago, right, or like Nuclear War now every once in a while, put out like really early shit. Years ago, they put out this stuff from like South America called Death Yell, mm-hmm. and it was it fucking rips, but. It, it rips mainly because it's not necessarily musically great or, like, groundbreaking. Sure. But it's played with this fervor at mm-hmm. the edge of what they could fucking do. You can hear right. it in the vocals cracking. You can hear it in the stumbles on the instruments. Sure. Like, it's right at the fucking edge of what they can do. And that's what gives it, like, I guess, like, that for somebody who's, who's generally is more interested in punk than metal mm-hmm. and hardcore. Right. Um, than, than metal, you know? Yeah. That's what picks my ears up. Sure. Is like that 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 mania right at the edge. Of right, it. yeah. It's something that feels like it's on the verge of falling apart. Yeah. That the slightest slip up could derail the entire song. Right. Right, I love that as well. So yeah, so I think maybe putting a little bit more fervor into that definitely would would uh, would aid it, but wasn't mad at it at all, liked it just fine. Um, let's, uh, let's roll the dice, see what's up next. 
five. Okay, so this is Raze. Um, the Bandcamp is Raze, R-A-Z-E-H-C.bandcamp.com. The release is On High and Green Tomorrow. So like I said, this is a Toronto band. Don't know anything about it other than that my friend Jordan is in it. I don't know, you know, I don't know what kind of hardcore this is. Um, it's, uh... <laughs> the ghost is home. The ghost is home. Um, I don't know what kind of hardcore this is. I can tell you that it was uh, mastered by our old friend. Okay. Can you guess who? Uh, would that be good old Willie Killy? Yeah, Willie. <laughs> I like that new nickname. Yeah. Willie Killy. Yeah. Okay, yes, it was indeed mastered by Willie Killy, Will Killingsworth at Dead Air, um, as we have uh, asserted before, the richest man in hardcore, cashing in on this new wave by mixing and mastering every release known to man. Right. Um. Do we want to just go ahead and listen to the first song on this? What do you want to do? I kind of like the name of the first song. He arrives by limousine. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good song name for sure. I hope this is good because I, I like Jordan a lot. So, um, you know, I, I pray that it doesn't suck. And I actually really like the art too. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It is weird art. I'm not sure where I stand on it. I like it a lot. I think there's something aesthetically that I like about it, whether it's the color palette or what it, what it is. But I dig it a lot. So, okay, cool. Let's just go ahead and uh, and listen to that first that first song. He arrives by limousine by Rays off of On High in Green Tomorrows. Okay. That was the song He Arrives by Limousine by Rays off of their release On High and Green Tomorrows. Yeah. 
Nothing wrong with that. Not at all. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Late 80s, mm-hmm. early 90s. Yep. Hardcore. Yeah, I'm into that. I heard like, I mean, you hear like California and East Coast influences both in that. I was going to say it the same thing. It kind of reminded me of like early Four Walls Falling. Oh, sure. I can see that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yep. don't know why that just popped into my head. Mm-hmm. Probably because like, it's just the artwork, the total package all put together, the way everybody looks. Right. Right. I don't know who the fuck... Uh, your homie is in the band. He plays drums. Everybody, I don't, I can't really, oh, I see him in the back there, but everybody yeah. looks different. Mm-hmm. The singer looks like he just fucking walked off the set for Two Princes, the, the video shoot for Two Princes. <laughs> yeah, 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 with the big, um, the baggy beanie. Yeah, yeah. everybody, uh, you know, we're always into everybody looking different. Very much so. thing going on in the band. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. I like uh, the sentiment in the song. Sure. Uh, I can't wait to roast those fucking pigs on the piles of their own ra- avarice. <laughs> no shit. I can't fucking wait. Women, yeah. children, grandfathers, <laughs> all of them. Right? Yeah. Fucking spit roast them on the heaps of their accrued estates. <laughs> I feel that. You know? That's that's as, uh, that's as revolutionary as we, openly revolutionary as we've gotten on the pod. So well, we also but... talked about killing a bunch of Christian fascists earlier. Sure, yeah, yeah. Maybe just this episode in general. In general, we've really I've been, I've been into feeling it. it. I've been feeling the uh, the fire. I feel that. Yeah, I feel right. that one hundred percent. Which is ironic. I got called a Nazi on the internet yesterday because yeah. uh, because I was caping up for liking music that doesn't align with one's ideological viewpoint. Yeah. And I said, boy, if only you knew how off base that assessment of my politics were, you would laugh. That's right. Because uh, I'm well, right there you with you, what, baby. Though? It's the internet, and the internet doesn't know anything. No, of course not. Right? The right. internet's just a bunch of fucking retards talking about stupid shit. <laughs> yes, right. Yes. Right. Did I just drop the R word? You did. Yeah. I'm trying to take it back. <laughs> oh, you're oh you're taking the word back. Yeah. Can you take the word back I if can't, you're not? Actually, I'm, I, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't. I think the way that taking the word back is if you're in the demographic. Yeah. It's okay. That word has been. It's still largely frowned upon. Yeah. It's been, I think, making a little bit of a, of a comeback in terms of people not feeling so mad about it. Yeah. I like the idea of us ta- just completely shifting gears uh-huh. from talking about, you know, basically building a funeral pyre of wealth right. to roast the fucking, you know, elitist upon. Uh-huh. Everybody, right? Right. And uh, I don't care. I don't care if it's a fucking suckling babe at the mother's teat. Right, yeah, Right, yeah. throw it into the flames, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Um... To <laughs> talking about the, uh, I made a verbal slip up. <laughs> yes. Well, the, you, we're we're part of what. And then, I, and, but but then also talking about the the virtues of um, rehabilitating slurs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think that we're part of what would be commonly referred to in the media now as the scumbag left. Oh, I'm definitely a scumbag. Right. Yes. Where it's like our politics are are squarely in the leftist revolutionary yeah. lane, but our humor is yeah. Uh, I mean, still a bit taboo. Here's the thing. Yeah. If bad words hurt your feelings that much, you've already tuned out of the podcast yeah, long you've, ago. You've tuned out and yeah. don't hang around me. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So. I was going to say the exact same thing as you uh, about the Rays uh, EP, or the, the song that we heard off of the Rays EP, rather, which is that there is, it's simultaneously pulling from both coasts of the late 80s, early 90s. There is equal parts turning point in this yep. and equal point parts uh, inside out. Yep. I was going to say inside out, too, the, for sure. The inside out 7-inch is one of my favorite hardcore releases of all time. It's one of those things where it's like, if I ask somebody for, you know, and I don't do this because I'm an adult person and I think having a singular favorite of anything is kind of kind of child shit, right? Like, if you like a, a plethora of different things, it's hard to pick one thing. But if somebody said to me, 
my favorite sev- hardcore 7-inch of all time is the Inside Out, No Spiritual Surrender 7-inch. I wouldn't be mad at that. You know what right. I mean? That's an okay answer. Yep. That's a good fucking record. Especially in that outro, there was a lot of No Spiritual Surrender, especially with the mm-hmm. sort of ad-lib, like, yeah! Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was really fucking good. Um, um, I was... I was kind of expecting the sound. I don't know why. I, I saw maybe a couple videos of Jordan tracking drums for this, and they sounded groovy. And again, like, he's a person I've met. I mentioned this about Dustin, right? Like, he's a person whose tastes I typically trust to be very, very good, at least when it comes to hardcore. So I wouldn't expect him to be in something bad. So when I heard groovy drums, I, you know, with him tracking groovy drums without any other context for the music, my mind immediately went to, okay, this probably sounds like late 80s New York or Inside Out, it didn't immediately go to this probably sounds like bullshit. Right. You know, so maybe that's why I had expectations going into this. Either way, this sounds like, for whatever reason, kind of how I expected it to sound, which was uh, really good. I want to listen to the rest of that. This might have, this is, this probably, if the rest of this release is this good. It's a purchase if the rest is this good. For sure. Yeah. The cassettes are five bucks Canadian. Right. I don't know what the exchange rate is. It's like 50 cents. Right. (laughs) It traditionally has not been very good. It's pretty close right now. It's probably like 350 or so. Is it? Okay. Because I dated a girl from Canada for a while last year and uh, she really lamented the exchange rate when coming here. So hopefully it's better now. I don't know. That fucking Venom Black Metal LP I scored, like Mm -hmm. that first press when we were in Toronto. Yeah. And I paid like, I forget what I paid for it in Canadian. Yeah. It worked out to be like $21 American. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, honestly, we'll, well, hopefully the exchange rate isn't that good right now so that we can get this for the uh, for the cheap. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely going to order this. I'm definitely the rest into it. Yeah. And just as a um, uh, shout-out to Ray's, not really a shout-out, but um, just a point of order. Mm-hmm. Um, if... Uh, a couple of scumbags singing your praises offends you. I guess uh, deal with the conflict. <laughs> well, I don't think I don't think they'll be I don't think they'll be too offended by. It. Well, I can't speak for any of the other members of the band. I think Jordan will be fine. Um, let's go ahead and roll the dice. See what's up next. Two, two. Yeah, I do like how we tarnished our, <laughs> our praises. We really did. <laughs> we, well, by, by, by we, I mean you mostly. Well, but. you you uh, you caped up for me in, in my use of. Uh, yeah, that's true. Socially insensitive terminology. That's true, and I, well, I also I I said on our I think I said this on our previous podcast that had no listeners, and it's a bit of a spurious claim. So just as a little context, I am joking, but I, I said uh, you know I worked for for many years with folks who suffered from developmental disabilities, uh, hands on. I worked five days a week with them, eight hours a day. Um, so if anybody is qualified to give a pass, I guess it's probably me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So. I think I think we're fine just yeah. on the on the strength of that alone. Until until you have cared for a three hundred pound man who is constantly attacking you every day um, and helped uh, with the process of food desensitization and taking them in public and helping them with communicating and learn sign language to communicate with them more clearly. Uh, go fuck yourself. We'll say what we want. I'm still working on my sign language though. Yeah. Um, well. <laughs> 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 I was not talking about that 300 okay. pound man. <laughs> All right, so number two is one I was hoping that we'd get to. It's Uzi uh, with uh, Kadena de Odio. This is the uh, Bogota, Colombia band. The uh, band camp is uzipunkbogota.bandcamp.com. Unfortunately, the entire LP is not actually available. They have three songs from the LP up for grabs. I guess we can go ahead and just listen to the first one on here. Uh, I, now, I won't claim to know Spanish. It's uh, Predicando el Odio. That's as close as you're going to get to a correct pronunciation for me. Um, 
yeah, I, I see no reason not to, to lead with that. It's the second track on the LP. Okay, this is uh, okay. The artwork for a second, I thought it said forty track total punk. It's like no. Uzi. Whoa. <laughs> no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, ten, ten. ten, ten tracks. Okay. The, the artwork's art, fucking dope. The art rules. Yeah, it's like um, hand drawn person. It's uh, a hand drawn. It's a punk. You can tell it's a punk because they're wearing a chain. Oh mask. yes, that's right. True, and their head is exploding. Their eye eyes are popping out of their eye sockets. It's really good. Like I said, I was hoping that we would get to this because just aesthetically, it looks right up my alley. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and listen to the, the first song that they have available. Okay. So we are going to hear Predicando El Odio by Uzi off of Cadena de Odio. We just heard Predicando El Odio by Uzi off of their release Cadena de Odio. Um, my pronunciation is very bad, but that song was very good. Uh, it sounded exactly what I ex- expected it to sound. When I look Same. at the art, I look at the name of the band, I look at the pictures of the band, of the people in the band, right? And then I look. I can't read Spanish. I mean, I get by, right? I can't speak it, but sure. I can use context clues to figure out what the fuck things are sometimes, right? But when I just when I look at the, the as the lyrics are written, the pattern in the song structure, right? Exactly what I expected. Yeah, same. Fast paced, driving, you know, punk rock. Yeah, uh, hardcore punk rock. No problem with it whatsoever. Like that a lot. Yeah, it was good. Uh, lyrics about uh, you know it 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 opens with the line hypocrites, um, you know lyrics about uh, people preaching preaching hate, being shitheads. You know, don't tell us what to do. You're a bunch of ignorant shitheads. That is my that is my um, my very is, basic is interpretation. That is, is that is that just based on the the hypocrito at the, at the beginning? No, 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 no. It is not. It is not. <laughs> it's it's based on more than that. Okay. Yeah, it's based on my contextual understanding of Spanish, which is also limited. Um, I would say my understanding of the language in in text is better than my pronunciation. Of I it. would say that both of our understanding of Spanish is solely from being forced to order in Spanish at the Mexican restaurant that we go to. <laughs> yes. Well, I have a little bit more context right? than and, that. And hanging out with my buddy Juan, his mom. Right. Because she'll sometimes, though they speak exclusively in Spanish because right. they're from Colombia. Right. And I swear to God, sometimes I know what they're saying. Right. Just by, like, hearing it. Sure. Right. And Nubia sometimes will talk to me in Spanish, and then I'll be like, oh, yeah. Right. And then she'll remember that I don't actually speak Spanish and correct and switch to English. Right. Right. So... Let's just say uh-huh. 
that my understanding of Spanish is based only on my experience at a local Mexican restaurant and uh -huh. my interactions with my friend's 80-year-old mother. Mine is basically the same. Okay. The same sort of experience via the restaurant and uh, social interactions with homies and their families. Right. But it's enough to glean from that th those lyrics that they were indeed talking about, you know, um, hate speech preaching fuckheads. Yeah. Which is good enough. That's a pretty that's a pretty broad brush that sure. you could apply to almost any punk song that sounds like that. Right, exactly. Um, but yeah, it was really good. It was, as you said, exactly what I was expecting. The aesthetic is all there. It is a uh, tightly curated image and presentation. They obviously knew what they were going for, and they achieved that with a fair degree of ease. It sounds like I like the like the the little bit of reverb on like the vocals and stuff. Yeah, for sure. There's not a sound to it. There's not a ton to say about that stuff. Um, you know, there's a there's as we've mentioned in other episodes where when we've gotten stuff that's similar to this, there's a lot of this happening right now, and uh, I'm not upset about that whatsoever. There are a lot worse waves that I have experienced mm -hmm. uh, in, in terms of upsurge and upswing and popularity of different types of punk and hardcore. This is by far one of the least objectionable that I can think of. It's, it's, it's a standard that, generally speaking, is always enjoyable. Right. Right. Exactly. It's, it's a standard form sure. of hardcore. Sure. And like, sure, if every band sounded like this, I would get, it would get played out pretty quick. Pretty quick. That's why I said you don't want 40 songs on your album, right. but 10? I'll take 10. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Uzi. That was sick. Yeah. Uh, as, as I've mentioned before, I always, love getting, uh, I always love getting international submissions. So if you got more, always send them our way. We very much want to get outside the bounds of just, you know, the typical sort of American hardcore or Western hardcore. There's a lot of shit out there, and uh, it all deserves to be heard. So if you can get us stuff from fucking Bogota, that's sick. I much appreciate it. Thanks to TJ for sending that over to us. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and roll the dice and see what's up next. All righty. Two. Okay, two is Endorphins Lost with Seclusions. The Bandcamp is endorphinviolence.bandcamp.com. This is a 14-song release. Um, I believe that it is grindcore stuff, grind, power violence, crusty shit, which is uh, pretty much in line with, uh, you know, with what Adam plays has played in traditionally. He's played sure. in a lot of stuff that that falls into that world. Uh, he used to play in a band in Indiana called Boddicker that was very, very good. If you like, uh, if you like HM2-infused power violence, uh, hardcore. hardcore, you you would really, really like Boddicker, and they are well worth checking out. Again, this is a genre that lends itself to lengthy or soundbite-ridden opening tracks, so let's skip the first song because it's two minutes long. Um, that said, there is a fair amount God, of there's variation. Some, there's some tracks here that, like, 15 seconds. Right, and, and then, then like three, three minutes, minutes. And right. then a minute 32. It's tough to say. It's um, tough to say. Let's just go with the one that has the best name. Okay, which one? I don't know yet. Let's see. Human uh, Shield is a good name for a song. Yeah, okay. You wanna Human do, Shield? You want to do Human Shield? Yeah. Okay, cool. So we are going to listen to the second song on the record, Human Shield by Endorphins Lost off of their release, Seclusions.
We just heard the song Human Shield by Endorphins Lost off of their release Seclusions. Um, nothing wrong with that. Mm-mm. Fast. I mean, yeah. I mean, what do you want to put in? Thrash? You want to put in fucking power violence, fast core, fast hardcore, whatever you want to put in there. Right. That that one sample, that song, checked all those boxes. Sure. I got no problem with it. No. Hyper fast vocal delivery. Right. Um, reminiscent of like, you know, like obviously like a lack of interest or something like that. Sure. Um, that said, despite the speed of the vocal delivery, pretty good diction. Yeah. I mean, I could understand what they were saying. Right. Um, yeah, I got no problem with that whatsoever. No, I think music like that benefits um, when it leans into being riffy. Uh, yeah. There was some, like, some actual yeah. riffs The interesting in part was the second half of the song. Right, exactly. Yeah, it was kind of like standard fare, fast, crusty, hardcore punk, and then that end sort of breakdown riff was really cool. And I that stuff always sticks with me more when there are riffs in there. Yeah, because the first half of the song, I mean... By and large, I want to hear, like, snarling, fucking growling, like, basically Scandi grind. Sure. If it's something like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, or, like, caveman brutal shit. Right. Um, but, yeah, the second the second half is what stood out when you got the riff in there and it got a little more interesting. Right, yeah. I think leaning into the metallic influences in this kind of stuff always does it justice just because it helps you stand out from the various other bands that pull off this style. Um, with a fair degree of competence, but don't do anything to set themselves apart. So anytime that you actually lean into the songwriting and got riffs, it helps a lot. It just helps me remember the, the song, sure. frankly, you know, because sure. this kind of stuff uh, very quickly can become a blur of noise that goes by in 10 minutes and is fine while you're hearing it and doesn't but it doesn't stick, doesn't stick with no. you a second after it's done. And that's fine. The intent of that music, like I've always said, is to like, you know, explode. Right, sure. To be utterly explosive. Right. Um, if you can make it memorable, like mm-hmm. you said, by putting some risk. And Adams, pretty much every project Adams been in has been very, you know, heavily reliant on a catchy riff or a hook. For sure, yes. Yeah, I mean, there are Boddicker riffs that I could hum for you right now. Right. You know what I mean? That the, the dude knows how to write a song. I don't know if he wrote any of this stuff because he said he used to be in the band. I yeah. don't know how long ago he was in the band. Right. Um, so we can't give him credit. Right. Uh, fuck you, Adam. Yeah. We're going to give uh, the guys in Endorphins Lost credit for... Uh, <laughs> You know, writing a catchy, catchy hook. Yeah, that's right. Fuck you, Adam. <laughs> that's the, that's the theme of the episode. Um, so yeah, I got I got nothing more to say about that really. Uh, it was good, perfectly competently done. Um, probably wouldn't stick with me, especially, but does stick with me more than some other bands of that ilk for yeah, sure. I, I would have to have like a live context sure. to put them in, right? To like make it stick, right? Exactly. Um, so on that note, let's uh, let's roll the dice one more time tonight. I think we got time for one more. Uh, six. Okay, let's see what we got. All right, cool. Six is something I was hoping that we'd get around to. It's the Blowhard demo. The Bandcamp is blowhardpunk.bandcamp.com. This one's been in the queue for a few weeks, so it's about time. It looks it looks like they described right. They said that it's it's a new band. I think that they're younger folks, hardcore punk that doesn't take itself too seriously. The display picture of the band is the three little pigs. All right. The album art is a shitty pen drawing of Jesus in a what is presu- presumably a blowhard shirt. has yeah. a VH on it. And like I said, the first song on the release is called Jesus Was a Hooded Mosher. That's right. Um, I see no reason to not just start with the first track on sure. this, right? Sure. And It seems like it's it's setting itself up to, like, that's the track that you want to... Sure. Right. And it's, it's also, it's a minute and 12... Uh, 12 seconds long so if we really like this there's no reason we can't just listen to the second song too or if we feel like the opening track isn't necessarily representative maybe sure right right all right cool 
So we are going to listen to Jesus Was a Hooded Mosher by Blowhard off of their Demo 19. So uh, that was Jesus Was a Hooded Mosher by Blowhard off of their Demo 19. And uh, for those of you not in the know, that was actually um, a song by one of Nate and I's bands, Parasitic Twins. Yeah, that's um, a good joke. It is a good it joke. It really got us. Whoever, whoever that was really got us. As soon as it started, I said, I looked at Gray and I thought, well, that's a Parasitic Twins song. And then I went, no, wait a second. And then, because I hadn't heard that song in a long ass time. Yeah, we recorded. We, we that haven't year. played that song in a long time. Yeah, we recorded that years ago. I mean, um, it's been... I think maybe the last time we played that was last time we went on tour. Oh yeah, yeah, long time. A long time. Sure, we recorded that in probably what 2012? 2012, 2013, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I said, "No, that's Parasitic Twins," and you kind of laughed. And I was like, "No, no, that's." actually our band and i was like wait a second you're right it is yeah so good joke good right. on you that was fun right um the now the description is 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 especially funny uh, somebody made an email address simply to send this for, yeah yeah um hey dudes my new band blowhard just put out our first demo like a month ago jingly jangly 80s california influenced hardcore punk that doesn't take itself too seriously can't wait to hear what you think. Love the podcast. Thanks, uh, well, guys. Joke's on you, because that is clearly not California-influenced, that song we listened to. Yeah. That is quite clearly influenced by one band and one band only. That might as well have been a... We, we might as well have just written new lyrics to a Minor Threat song. <laughs> yes, yeah, straight up. When right, I, wrote, that, that, I mean, it's catchy. Minor Threat is undeniably fucking, you know, obviously, right? Up right. there, top tier. Sure, yeah, right? yeah. You know, that's the mountaintop. Right, of course. Uh, they, they made the... They... they, they discovered mm -hmm. and made the format. Right. And then wrote the best songs ever written in that form of hardcore. Sure. Right? Yes. Uh, and everything else is just pure impersonation. Just pure impersonation. Right. So that's what we were doing. We were completely impersonating Minor Threat in that song. Yes, 100%. Uh, yeah, when I wrote when I wrote the guitar part for that song, that uh, I was just channeling Minor Threat unabashedly. Yeah. I was a 22-year-old kid saying, you know what? I'd like to write a Minor Threat song. Yeah. Um, and then it's signed Stu. I wonder if there's another joke in there with Stu. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, either way, good joke. Now, my question is, do we play another band to end the episode on? Or, or, or I think do we, we have to. There? Do we have to? We can't end it on ours. Yeah, that's true. Um, let's, uh, let, me, let me see what we're at time-wise. Yeah, we, we got time, I guess. 
We'll, I don't think we have that much as far as the voicemails go. We have a few. We do have some Patreons to We've got, some, we got, we got Patre- some business to clear. We do have some business to clear up. Um, so, yeah, okay, cool. Let's go ahead and roll the dice, and, and we'll do one more band. So, technically, we're doing seven this time. One. Okay, so one Well, is... Blowhard isn't a real band. <laughs> yes, right, but there's seven, seven songs. Okay. Um, okay, so one is another one I was hoping that we would get to. This is uh, Anthropophagus with Spoiled Marrow Demo. The Bandcamp is anthropophagus.bandcamp.com. Good luck spelling that. It is. Uh, I am a man of science. Uh-huh. I spell it correctly. Well, it is purely phonetic, except for the ph with the phagus. Right. So um, that is anthro, as it's spelled as it sound, a n t h r o, po p o, and then phagus p h a g o u s dot bandcamp.com. Um, Western Massachusetts death metal. Like I said, this is from uh, Shane, who plays in Tortured Skull, uh, plays guitar and does vocals in this band. Um, he said it's, you know, caveman death metal shit. Okay. Uh, Tortured Skull fucking rules, so I don't imagine this will suck. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and just open up with the... Trial by Fist and Stone. Yeah, yeah. We're just going to go ahead and listen to the opening track. So, so we're going to go ahead and listen to Trial by Fist and Stone by Anthropophagus off of their Spoiled Marrow demo.
All right, that was Trial by Fist and Stone by Anthropophagus off of their Spoiled Marrow demo. That was perfect. Yeah, it was. Um, Autopsy popped in my mind right away. Sure. Right? Sort of lowbrow caveman death metal. Right. Uh, Last episode talked about how I don't like a lot of overproduction and, like, focus on, like, technical proficiency and wizardry and stuff like that in death metal. That's boring. Right. Um, That's a perfect example of something that's not boring and not overly technical and over-reliant on production. Right. Um, Yeah. That shit that sounds good live and mm-hmm. it sounds exactly the same fucking recorded yep and uh as far as like everything about that song i liked i liked that a lot the length was good mm-hmm. three minutes and five seconds didn't feel like it to me right yeah it, it blew by yeah. uh it really blew by like that a lot and um we've got uh the skeleton of slimer from ghostbusters as the cover art. yep that's the first thing i thought too that so shane who plays guitar and does vocals in this band uh also did the art for it and it does indeed look like the skeleton of Slimer. Uh, the art's really cool. Um, Shane is clearly a very talented dude who gets it. Sure. Because Absolutely. Tortured Skull fucking rips. Yep. This fucking rips. His art's really, really good. And also, uh, I guess he um, recorded and mixed this. And it sounds awesome. Sounds really good. Uh, and um, But you know who mastered it? Willie Killy. Willie Killy, baby. <laughs> Willie Killy back on the boards right. once again. He yep. just has like, I imagine that he just has like a conveyor belt. This is how I picture it, right? <laughs> yeah. Because frankly, I know I know that the mastering process is not a physical process. Right. Right? Uh-huh. But I just picture like, I just picture like this assembly line and the mail comes in and like, you know, Willie Killy has like an assistant that is like opening him up and like sorting out the, based on like genre uh-huh. and style of hardcore metal and right. just putting it on different lines. Right. And you hear like... I was like this cartoon. Yeah, you hear this cartoon industrial music as these things just go into a machine with a series of lights and like dials. Right. And like it spits out like a product at the other end. Yeah, he's like cranking lights. Right, right. And it's just like steam. It's like He's got a big cigar hanging out of his mouth and a hard hat out. Exactly. He's just cranking levers. And the machine, by and large, does all the work. Willie Killy just uh has the physical address and like pulls the levers. Yo, I love that Willie Killy is his nickname now. Yeah. He's just again, we do not know Will Killingsworth. No, we don't. Uh, he might take exception to us calling him Willie Killy. <laughs> but I hear his work so often and right. I see his name so much, he feels like a, a, a trusted yeah, old yeah, I was friend. Say, he feels like a close friend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um well I certainly trust him to do a good job on mastering all of these releases because yeah. and and so does literally everybody else. Yeah. In, in the contrarian in me almost wants to never get anything done by Will Killingsworth simply <laughs> based on the fact that everybody else has done right, so. Right, right, right. But on the like, same token. Give someone else a chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, give some give some work to somebody else. For God's sake, Will yeah. Killingsworth's out here just fucking making a killing off of punk and hardcore. Yeah, he's like the fucking Morris sound recording of hardcore. <laughs> right, yeah, right? exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, so back to the band, that was really fucking good. Um, it was basically what I expected it to be when it was described as caveman death metal. It, it, it made good on all of the promises of that description. It fucking rules. Like I said, Shane clearly fucking gets it. Sounds like perfect demo quality. The description, death metal for lizard brain. Suck down your own spoiled marrow. Perfect. No synthesizers right. underneath it. Great. Perfect. Um, it, it perfectly captures all of my sensibilities as they relate to metal. This is what I want out of death metal. This is impossible to beat. This demo, uh, what I heard of it sounds better than 
what most metal bands will do on uh, throughout the course of their career, right? Like if this is the only thing that they ever did, it's better than most death metal full lengths that probably came out this mm. year. F- frankly, not trying to uh, not trying to hug Shane's nuts here. It's just really good, and uh, this is like I said, I could ask for nothing more from death metal than than precisely this. So that was a good note to uh, to end the end the show on musically. I yeah. think, and and we didn't get a band that we disliked. No. So we didn't hit the perfect balance. Right. As we sort of discussed, the perfect balance seems right. to be one band that we really don't like sure. and other bands that are pretty good. Yeah. There were there were three more there were three more bands in the queue this week. Um, I fully expected us to have, to like one of them. I expected well, I know that I'll like Dare. You could go either way on it, but I think that you probably would. Um, I have no idea what persistent aggressor sounds like. And Louisiana Lot Lizards, I'm pretty sure neither of us would like, but is done so competently that I doubt that we would have a, a, it would be hard for us to straight up hate on. So I think even if we'd done all 10 bands on this episode, probably would have been unlikely. Persistent Aggressor. So I have a collection of, of cat names. Uh huh. Um, right. Yeah, right. You've if, met, I think if, you maybe have met, mentioned I don't on the have show a cat, before. but if I did, right. that's a name I'd give a cat. Persistent Aggressor, right? right. Uh, malicious Inquisitor. Right, yeah. You, right, yeah, you mentioned that one before. Right, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 repugnant Violator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right, basically spawn names. Right. Yeah. Spawn names are just like, you know, black metal Ross Bay names. Sure, right? yeah. Right. Right. So uh, on that note, let's go ahead and listen to uh, to the messages. I think that we've got a few this week. So okay. let's uh, let's see what's up in the voicemails. Hey, yo, what's up? I'm not sure if you can really hear me. I just got off work. I'm driving. Uh, still meet again, not gonna, it's not gonna actually listen to the music part of the podcast, but while I was uh, skipping ahead, I stopped at a part where you were talking about hardcore, and I guess somebody had called hardcore goofy. Uh, I should probably go back to see what the context of that is, but, uh, yeah, I'm still trying to keep up with it. Uh, anyway, I think hardcore is at its best when it is really goofy. A lot of the hardcore bands I've enjoyed have been goofy. Uh, let's see, off the top of my head, I think some of the rival mob stuff is pretty goofy, but it's pretty, it's funny, it's great. Uh, I think music is at its best when it's not taking itself seriously. And, uh, I think people are at their best when they don't take themselves seriously too, so I guess, uh, yeah, you know, there's that. But yeah, I don't. It, nobody should write off hardcore it's just because it's goofy. It's goofy, but it's uh, goofy with good effects. But uh, I, I think it's great when hardcore uh, makes my name. So yeah, uh, love the podcast still. Feel about listening. Uh, if you got any new bits for me to take on? Let me know. Oh yeah, 2020. Thrust is coming back. I'm bringing that shit back. Uh, I would also like a baby cutter. That'd be really interesting. All right, so that's our returning mystery caller. Um, Still hasn't listened to the music portion. Right, yes. But he said he, he when he was skipping ahead, he heard somebody talking about, or us talking about, um, hardcore being goofy. Yeah. Um, and his point was that much music and usually people are at their best when they don't take themselves too seriously. He's right about that. He is very right about that. He cited the rival mob as a good example of hardcore that is goofy, but still really fucking good. The rival mob is a great example because the rival mob are not a joke band. Um, but their lyrics are fucking hilarious. The songs absolutely rip. Yeah, they do. They poke fun at hardcore. They poke fun at themselves. 
while still writing songs that are about things at the same time, right? You can strike that balance. And, and I've had a few people sort of come at me because we've talked about liking hardcore and punk that has some humor in it on the show. And that doesn't mean, you know, like crucial youth and good, clean fun every time, right? We're not talking about strictly joke bands. We're just talking about bands that have a self-awareness in how they approach shit and that everything is not deadly serious and self-serious right. all the time, right? Because right? that, that's fucking boring. Right. And not only that, because it just comes across as like pretentious yeah. or whiny. Or contrived. And contrived and yeah. boring every fucking time. Maybe not every time, but like much of the time. You know what I'm saying? Fair I mean, enough. There's plenty of self-serious shit that I like just fine, but and I and I think there's a place for that in hardcore. I mean, we talked about fucking Inside Out, No Spiritual Surrender earlier, right? Very self-serious. One of the best seven inches in hardcore history, no denying. There's a place for that, and there are times when it doesn't come off as contrived and corny. It just it entirely depends upon the context in which it, in which it's delivered, who's delivering it, how it's delivered. There are all sorts of things at play, but generally speaking. I like punk and hardcore that has the self-awareness to understand that the format is fun and to and to be had fun with. Hey, you know what I'm saying? If you ain't laughing, you're crying. Right, exactly. Um, the Rival Mob also uses the word that you used earlier that's frowned upon. That's right. Um, very, a very, in a very good context. I think, I'm not sure if that's the same song in which he talks about... Uh, Somebody feeling sorry for themselves of have, for having HIV and how he doesn't give a shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> it might be. Um, that, those lyrics are really, really fucking good. You got the HIV. I think the lyric is, uh, "You've got the HIV. I don't care." Yeah, <laughs> just a really good fucking yeah. lyric. Um, Every time I hear Rival Mob, I think, "God, I wish I was in a band that sounded like that." Oh god, me fucking too, dude. Well, we could be. We, we could just be. need we other just, members we because just aren't. we need to be. We need other members. I think. I think we've already resigned. I'm just going to write and record all the music, and then you can do the vocals, and okay. then we'll just recruit. Musicians. We, we just have to. We just have to find uh, the uh, the uh, most mysterious and elusive part of the puzzle. Other members. The drummer. Oh yes, exactly. Right. Bassist, easy enough to come by. You can teach any old fucking you hill jack teach bass. You can an old dog like me how to play bass. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, at least for some simple hardcore. But yeah, right. drummer is the hard equation. Because the, the thing about it is, for us, is not just like finding somebody who can play drums for the band. It's finding somebody who can play drums for the band and can tolerate being in the same room with us. And wants to fucking play. Right, exactly. Like, And that's the one thing, too, that it doesn't matter how good your guitar player is. It doesn't matter how good anything else is. Mm -hmm. If your drums are fucking stumble sticks, yep. the thing, it sucks. Right, exactly. On the other hand, if your guitar player is just middling uh -huh. and everything else is pretty, you know, run-of-the-mill, run sort of like ordinary, slightly maybe even subpar. Right. Snappy fucking drums clean the whole thing up. Big time, yes, absolutely. A tight rhythm section is is incredibly helpful. Yeah. Um, as for uh, our homies' recurring bit, it remains evergreen. I still like it very much. I agree with the point that you made. It's it's nice to he that hear that you have an opinion about and punk and hardcore. I will say, for God's sake, man, you need a babysitter. Yeah. You need to. Uh, you need some, I guess, uh, a lesson in morality and safety for your children. Mm -hmm. You need to pull the fuck over when you're calling in. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right, yeah. The fucking yeah, the, the at, ambient noise there. At any moment, I was expecting to hear tire squeal and then just tumult. Right, yeah. Right, I can't imagine how heartbroken my I would be if I heard like the sound of an infant flying out the window <laughs> on a, a caller's, you know, call right. in. Yeah, it would be a bummer. Right, that's the last thing I want to hear is the wet thwack <laughs> of a fucking infant hitting the windshield. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, he also asserted that he's bringing Cross back in 2020. Okay. Well, good for you, man. Hope you do. <laughs> just don't make it boring. Yeah, just make it good. Um, let's uh, let's see what's up next in the calls. I was thinking about that game of Kill, Mary Fuck. And I think if you're devoted to the idea of monogamy, you can do all three. It just has to be in the order of marry, kill, fuck. Um, because you also have to be open to necrophilia. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, you could you could do all three, I suppose. It's happened. Ha- yeah, it happens every day. It's happened in human history. Plenty of uh, men and, and women have uh, married somebody killed them mm-hmm. and then just continued to defile them yeah i was actually just watching the henry lee lucas documentary on netflix the other day yeah but a lot of this shit he talks might just be bullshit oh for sure 100 percent. Right. but i'm just saying he he uh his claim at least yeah is that you know he killed and then banked the corpse of right. the first woman that he killed well not his mother but you know yeah um so yeah i mean there's certainly a precedent for that you're yeah. correct I, th- I think that was tim that called um considerably less drunk by the sound of it appreciate that tim yeah it's always nice to be able to know what you're talking about um and you made a salient point there so congrats let's see what's next yo what's happening guys this is adam walker uh i'd like to think of myself as the romulus nates remus of the blossoming mid-2000s Fort Wayne DIY scene, co-founder of the legendary 1624 North Harrison Street House, uh, I believe Fort Wayne's longest standing punk punk house venue, RIP, uh, not giving you my fucking address because I don't know who the fuck listens to this podcast and I don't trust that shit for one minute. Uh, so far, I want to say thank you guys for doing what you're doing, uh, not entirely embarrassed i will admit that i had no idea that this was happening until recently because for some odd reason the the mysteries of instagram's algorithm has been hiding raised content from my vision so i wasn't seeing any sort of posts about the last thing i knew that you guys were doing was waxing philosophically about star trek the next generation on some inchoate form of a podcast that was the last thing I knew that was happening. Um, and also because uh, your co-host is, uh, as we all know, pretty rough around the edges when it comes to keeping in touch with people. Hey, no harm, no foul. Uh, but, hey, you know, I'm glad you guys are doing this, and I've really enjoyed every episode I've listened to so far. I'm almost completely caught up. And as I told you, Gray, I've sent you some uh, submissions. Hopefully you guys can check that out. And hopefully sooner rather than later, I'll have some sort of band to send your way myself that you can uh, eviscerate uh, on air to uh, mine and your pleasure. So, again, hope to talk to you guys and see you soon. Trying to make my way back out that way. And, of course, you guys are always welcome to come out here to uh, hang out with us, Coastal Elite, as we destroy the rest of the country. Okay, bye. All right, that was uh, Adam Walker, who we were just talking about earlier on the podcast. Now, I knew he called in, Uh because I talked to him the other day. Right. And uh, I finally, he is correct. I am brutally negligent in keeping up with people. Yes. I mean, the 
the evidence is in front of you in my lack of any sort of like of any sort of um, presence online. Right. If you email me, I might email you back. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. I might. Right. I, 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 I my brain just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. It's weird. I never feel like I never miss people. Right. <laughs> that is that is indeed. Weird. You know what I mean? Like like. <laughs> I just don't. Uh-huh. I never think of them as far away. I never think of them as distant. Right. I think, oh, yeah, I bet you Adam's doing pretty well out in Seattle. <laughs> Haven't heard anything bad. He must be doing pretty well. And that's, I guess it's good to assume the best. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I, I am brutally negligent. Mm-hmm. I, try to, I try to be up on it, but here, here's my defense, and I told Adam this. Right. I hate talking on the phone. Right. I hate it. Yeah. I'll do it because it's better than other modes of communication except for face-to-face communication. Sure. But by and large, I hate it. I hate texting, mm-hmm. right? I do it out of necessity. Right. Um, I hate talking on the phone. And I don't like to make phone calls after 7 p.m. <laughs> yeah, it's such a fucking Larry David bullshit assertion. I just don't. Because I, it's, it's, uh, I have to... See, here's the thing. I have to build up. I need, I need to, like, psych myself up to, like, find the stamina in myself to... <laughs> To be on the phone for, like, I swear, more than 90 seconds. <laughs> like, if I think, fuck, I got to call so-and-so. Um, shit. All right, well, I'll do it. And then the day goes by. Or I think, I got to call Adam. Uh-huh. Right? All right, this Saturday, I got to call Adam. Yeah. And I think, well, it's 10 o'clock. It's only 7 o'clock in the morning over there. Uh-huh. Right? Ah, fuck, it's 2, but I got to go to the gym. Um, I get home. All right, I'm going to call Adam, but it's like, you know, five. Mm-hmm. I got to eat. Sure. By the time I eat, and then I sit down, and I, like, get mentally prepared to, 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 to hold the phone to my ear. Uh-huh. 7 p.m. Right. Right. And, that, and that's your, and that's the cutoff. It's just the I can't. I'm not doing it. Yeah, you because can do it. I, I'm just not. Right. Yeah. Right. Because basically, like, whatever I'm getting up to for the day, uh-huh. by and large, if I'm not doing it by 7 p.m., right. I ain't doing it. <laughs> what kind of fucking logic is that? Right? <laughs> that's, but I, I know you personally. I see you several times a week. I know for a fact that's a fucking false. That's uh, pretty true. <laughs> like, if, if I don't know what I'm doing at 7, 7 p.m., uh-huh. right, and, like, on the path to doing it, uh-huh. I ain't doing it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that that's true. But anyway... You know, Adam and I talked for a while, uh-huh. um, longer than I think either one of us liked <laughs> on the phone. Okay. Right? Yeah. And I will say that, yes, Adam is definitely the Romulus to my Remus. Yes. I met Adam years ago. He's he's actually the first person I met in Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. Went to the record store uh, downtown when downtown was, like, completely blown out and blighted. Yeah. And uh, he was working there. Uh, I remember... He was always shitty with everybody that came into the record store. <laughs> right. Like shitty. Yes. Right. Bum that they came in. <laughs> he would he would mock their their selections as they are you buying this? <laughs> Man, fuck that. <laughs> Perfect. Right? Yeah. And at the time the record store in Fort Wayne consisted of like a bit the records were like twenty two LPs in a fucking milk crate in the back of the room. Right. I went in one day and I bought a Neurosis Word as Law LP for I think six bucks, uh-huh. right? And Adam saw it and he goes, "Man, was that fucking back there?" And I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "That's fucking bullshit. I didn't know that was back there. I would have bought that." And he actually gave me shit about buying that record. 
and how he deserved to have it because he he worked there and he should have known that it was there. That's a perfect intro to Adam. And I said, well, uh, you know, oh well, and I bought it. Yeah. And then the next time I was in, I think some guy was like looking at some fucking idiot was looking at like, you know, because the the record shop also sold like uh, drug test like kits that you could sure. you know, real trashy shit you had to in Fort real trashy to, to stay open in fort wayne yeah. as a record store in right. 2003 2000 in 2000 okay yeah, you yeah. had to sell like trashy shit right right lots of fucking like water pipes and sure. glass work totally just bullshit right right bullshit for idiots right um dare i say retards <laughs> doubling down okay uh, <laughs> I, I i i changed the pronunciation <laughs> i don't think I, I bet we could posit that for a lot of the, a lot of words that are frowned upon, if we change the pronunciation, people is it still the same word. No, I I will posit the opposite. <laughs> in fact, so so anyway, uh, yeah. So it was bullshit, and this guy was looking at lighters, and there was a lighter that said FTW, and he goes, "Oh man, that's cool. There's a Fort Wayne lighter in here." And I was in the back, and I go. That's not what that fucking means. And Adam goes, yeah, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? That's not what that fucking means. And he goes, well, what's it mean? And Adam goes, it means fuck the world. What the fuck, dude? And the guy's like, oh, well, that's not as cool. And Adam's like, well, fuck you. <laughs> and then I think, like, he, he told me he and some friends were going to fucking see Morbid Angel right. uh, in Chicago and invited me along, and that was that. Right on. Yeah, he's the man. Um because it's Adam and because I haven't heard his voice in so long and he is uh, a man of, of such um, proven pedigree, he's allowed to leave a two-minute long message, but nobody, nobody else, else is. Nobody else is. Don't you dare. Don't fucking do it again. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's our one allowance. Yep. And it's for Adam because he is a veteran of the, of the Fort Wayne scene and a good friend. That's right. But nobody else gets that fucking permission. And frankly, Adam, let's keep it a minute or under next for time, all right? I, I'm I'm not averse to the phone whatsoever, so you can go ahead and give me a call if you if you plan on having any longer than two minute conversations, you just uh, dial me up. Mm. So I think we got uh, one or two more. Let's, okay. Let's see. Let's, let's wrap see. it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. I'll be honest. I didn't. I didn't under understand a single word of that. Yeah. At first, I thought maybe it was Jeff again. Yeah, but Jeff's 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 got better vocal talent than that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it sounded like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Maybe it was. Maybe it was Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Wrong number, asshole. <laughs> Next call. <laughs> okay. Hello, mate. Chuck Sherlock here, the savior of Fort Wayne. Just sitting here with my pal Pete Sandoval, listening to the latest episode. Pete said we ought to call in and give you some praise. Well, you're doing a bang-up job on the podcast. Keep it up. We love the raw brutality. Hey, Pete. You want to say anything to the lad? No? Oh, all right. Hi, uh, Talk to Rock back here. Well, just remember, they were aware. War. 
<laughs> yeah, that was that, that was that was Chuck Sherrock, businessman Chuck Sherrock, who uh, owns uh, Sweetwater Music, who was evidently hanging out with uh, Pete Sandoval. Pete, Pete Sandoval, <laughs> that's right. Yes, the uh, legend, legendary drummer of Terrorizer. So. <laughs> That is such an inside joke that there is only a handful of people that that could have been. That was Jeff. It had to have been. And we were just talking about how Jeff was a better voice actor than the person who called in right yeah. before, <laughs> proven there as he did his... Now, I'm not going to attest to his, uh, to his, the, the accuracy of his Australian accent. It wasn't great. It wasn't so, great. So Chuck Chirac, local businessman, yeah. uh, owns Sweetwater Music, and mm-hmm. Sweetwater Music is a well-known music distributor right. for, like... I guess like uh, equipment, yeah, yeah. musical equipment distributor. Yeah, they're world, they're world renowned. And at one point in Jeff's basement, I started talking like I was Australian, and mm-hmm. I got it in my head that Chuck Chirac was Australian. Right. And <laughs> then I forgot that I made that up, <laughs> and I actually thought he was Australian for a while until I think maybe you reminded me that he wasn't. Right. Yes, he definitely is not. <laughs> um, I love the idea of fucking. Chuck Sherrock fucking hanging out with Pete Sandoval from Mormon Angel, <laughs> just chilling. Right. You know, like, why would they be together? Because he owns the biggest <laughs> musical equipment supplying company in the, in the United States. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Um, I'm, I will say I'm loving this fucking weekly Jeff call in. I, I, I like the, uh, yeah, that, that was good. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that. I, um, yeah, the weekly. I do, and I do find, I, I do actually lament the, Reacquisition of the knowledge that Chuck Sherrock isn't Australian. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, I wish I wish that I could live in ignorance and think that he was indeed Australian, f- yeah. fucking flying to and fro in his helicopter. Anyway, but. it's so fucking inside that there's no way it's fucking interesting or amusing to anybody but you and I. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, you know, I would think that maybe about a lot of the shit that we say, but uh, I don't know. People tune in every week, so right. I guess, uh, guess, uh, guess we'd be wrong. Okay. But uh, on that note, let's go ahead and uh, let's wrap it up. We'll uh, we'll shout out uh, a couple patrons here because we did acquire a few new ones. We're uh, we're pu- pushing up against the two hundred mark on Patreon. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking cool. The uh, the next goal that I set on there was three hundred. Um, right now, the idea is to get a new computer because literally every time I go to record on this computer, I have to delete things off of it and transfer shit onto an external hard drive just to free up the minimal amount of disk space needed to record a new episode on yeah. this. It's a nightmare. Yeah. I hate it. So right now, uh, if you are giving us money every month, thank you. Your uh, your submission is actually, or your donation is going toward, towards an actual concrete goal that will hopefully be realized in the next few months. So uh, Adam Walker is a new $10 Patreon subscriber. Nice. So shout out to Adam. Um, then we have got uh, Claire Schlock, I believe is how you pronounce her last name. She is also a $10 patron, so nice. now we really got to kick it into we high do. gear. I mean, we've been talking shit for a while, but we need to actually make shit happen. Yep. Uh, then we've got Will Hereford. I think that we, we made a shout-out Will on the last episode, actually, but regardless, shout-out again because $10 patron, that's real shit. Um, and then we have a, a very specific person to shout-out and to apologize for. Abraham, I tried to get your number earlier before we uh, started recording the show, but you uh, you did not get back to me. I'm going to double-check my messages just to make sure. Yeah, no, I did not receive a message back. We were going to call you on air and apologize for refusing, or f- not for refusing, but instead <laughs> for forgetting to shout you out as a Patreon donor below these many weeks. Uh, but uh, here's an s- extra special shout-out and apology to Abraham Harris. 
uh, for donating at the $5 tier, and evidently we have neglected to include him in our shout-outs for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Shit just falls through the cracks. He informed me that with every passing week that I forget to shout him out, I become less physically attractive. Wow. Which is a terrible fate. His sadness deepens. Yes, exactly. So hopefully this will rectify the the wrongdoing that we've committed against him for these last few weeks. Yeah. Um, sorry about that, Abraham. We would have called you on air, but uh, you didn't respond, so you're bad, I guess. Um, if you like the podcast and you would like to join the ranks of our loyal fa- followers and patrons, go ahead and head over to patreon.com slash podcast. If you want to submit something, send it to demolistenpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to call and leave us a message, preferably a minute or under, 260-222-8341. And, uh, yo, shout out again to the person who sent in Blowhard and it was just our own band because yeah. that was a damn good prank. Yeah. So on that note, I think we'll wrap it up this week, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Sure.